I know you are here with us this morning. Once again, we ask, oh God, that you come and take control. I ask, Lord, that you bring transformation into our lives. I ask, my God, that you deliver in this place. Now, indeed, Father, you will take us higher. Father, have your way. We surrender to you this morning. The next few minutes I have in your presence, speak through me, Lord. Let people understand what they need to do. Reveal to us, Father, and so shall it be in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I believe that Pastor declaring this month as our month of taking charge is just a reminder of God's mandate for us, like I said at the first service. And we looked at Genesis chapter 1, verses 26-28. Looking at the uh, message translation, it said, in, and I'll just say that quickly, it says, God bless them, prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge. And at the first service, we looked at the lives of um, five women in number 27 called the daughters of Seleucid. How they had to take charge of their destiny. How they had to step out to take what belonged to them. They, they remembered Apple's slogan that says, think differently. They had to think differently. They had to step out. They spoke up so they could, put, they could take what belonged to them. And I concluded by saying that Rosa Parks got tired of the, I mean, she was frustrated. She got tired of being pushed behind. She had to speak up. She was bold. And I prayed, and I pray again this morning that every one of us too will be consumed with that bold spirit and will take over whatever we need to take care of. Because taking charge is about breaking the ceiling, doing the unusual, and we stop giving excuses. Um, it's actually a place of dominion, a place that you want to be in control. And again, I pray that we all take up that mandate, that instruction that the Almighty God has given to us in the name of Jesus. Because it's time for us to take charge. And um, when I was at the session, the, the training session yesterday, a question was asked. And I told them at my table that they were preaching my message. And that question was among the teachers. That um, as a teacher in this um, country, now it's about Halloween, Halloween. As a teacher, can you excuse yourself from your duty because you don't believe to, that you don't believe in celebration of Halloween? That was the question. And before I left the place, I said that may cause some confusion, and I ran away. And I told them that that was my message. So my text this morning, or before I go into my text, let me talk about a young man who was taken away from his country. He was actually captured from his country. And I call him a prisoner of war, because some of us can relate to that. Maybe he was left. He left, the, he left his country in handcuffs. He didn't have the opportunity to take his diploma or to request for his transcript to be transferred to where he was going to. He lost everything by the time he was taken capt I mean, captive from his country. And his belief system had been chattered. That God, we serve you. And you allow this um, pagan country to take over. I can imagine what was in his mind when he got to that strange land. But that same man in the strange land, in the land, in the pagan land, rose to a level that maybe could never have risen to if he had remained back in Judea. What did he do 
and how did he do it? I know we have some Christians in the house. They will say that it was God's favor that was upon him. Psalm 102, verse 13 says, Yes, the set time to favor you too is now. So if it was God's favor that was upon that young man, that same, that same favor is also upon you now. Because your set time is now. And so shall it be for you in Jesus' name. And who is this young man? And I would like us to learn just two principles that I saw that I did for us to take charge of our lives, of our destinies, and impact our community where we are. Our text this morning is from the book of Daniel, chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. But there's so many things we can learn about taking charge in that book. But let's just start with those three verses. And I'll start from verse 4, actually. Then he ordered Ashpenaz who was in charge of his palace personnel, to select some of the Jewish youths, brought back as captives, young men of the royal family and nobility of Judah, and to teach them the Chaldean language and literature. Pick strong, healthy, good-looking lads, he said. This was Nebuchadnezzar that was given instructions. He said, those who have read widely in many fields are well-informed, alert and sensible and have enough poise to look good around the palace. Verse 5 says, the king assigned them the best of food and wine from his own kitchen during the, the three years training period, planning to make them his counselors when they graduate, graduated. Please sit down. This was King Nebuchadnezzar who was the king of Babylon. At this time, that captured some young people from Judea and they have been taken to Babylon. Babylon was a nation of pagans. Now they have brought these young men in and they are saying that these are the people that will be counselors. And if you look at those people, they looked at people that wouldn't even understand and they did not understand the culture of the land. They went in there as captives. They went in there as illegal immigrants. They went in there, not even, they couldn't even speak their language. Because the Nebuchadnezzar said to him that they have to learn the language and literature of Babylon. And I asked myself, what does it mean to learn the literature and language of Babylon? He actually said to them that they also had to be good looking. They had to have some stamina in them. And good looking wasn't just the physical appear, wasn't just the makeup, but it also meant that they had to be, they had to look decent, they had to be presentable for them to work in the palace. How can you say that a prisoner, a foreigner qualify to work in the White House, not by marriage? How do you integrate in the society as we plan to take charge? And these guys are going to go there on merit. Daniel, a Christian, now had to live with pagans. How will he take charge without losing his identity? And many times we, we run away from some of these things. But Daniel was able to integrate. Daniel was able to take charge in a pagan land. And if you know that scripture very well, at one point, and in that same chapter 1, the Bible says, Daniel purposed in his heart 
not to defile himself. So if he had purposed not to defile himself, how did he become a counselor? How did he walk in the palace? How did he make it to the White House? That's my question this morning. Why did Nebuchadnezzar say he has to understand the language and literature of the Babylonians? Which means, and then he had three years of training. I have 18 minutes. I'll wrap up my sermon, no problem. He had three years of training. Some people like me, like, some of you like me, I've been here for almost 25 years. And we're still struggling on how to integrate in Chicagoland. We are busy saying, back home. Why not go back home? Because if you ask me, there's a mix-up. There's a mix this is home. Um, I, don't know why, I don't know if you get me. When you go out, you say, I'm going home. You get home, you say, back home. There's some confusion there. So it's time for us, if you're going to take charge, to understand the literature and the language of the Babylonians. Where would the king say they should spend three years in training? And I asked myself, what language were they speaking? And what is the literature? I will start with the easy one. Literature was about trying to study the history, the beliefs of the land where Daniel was. It was about trying to understand why they do what they do. Not about me saying, back home, my grandmother did this. Why not come in here and understand what is being done in this land? For you and I to take charge, you have to go forward and decide, if I'm here, what do they do in this place? And what I mean by that, Daniel became a counselor, but yet he did not defy himself. He took time to understand why they worshipped their idols. While he was trying to gain knowledge, he did not lose his own belief system. Rather, his game plan was, while I'm on trying to learn what they do, and I, I get stronger in my belief system, by the time I'm done with them, I will turn things around for them. And they dared Daniel, and Daniel said that, you guys can continue, even if my God will not save me, I will still do what I need to do. But because Daniel had purpose not to defile himself, and because Daniel knew that the God himself would not leave nor forsake him, he was not disappointed. So while we are busy complaining, not trying to understand why they do what they do, we are trying to excuse ourselves. And the pagans are taking over. And we are not able to take charge. I don't know if I'm making sense this morning. So we are not able to take charge. We are trying to say the children shouldn't go that way. But we only spend two, three hours with the children. When they go out there, they are confused. Because we have not taken time to explain to them that yes, you, be, you, you are there. You don't really belong. But you are there to make a difference by impacting them with the knowledge. But because half education can cause more problems, we have refused to equip ourselves. And I'm asking this morning that we need to understand the literature of the land where we live. 
I was I also realized that the language was the art of communication. Was understanding what you say and how you say it. You can see that I still speak the way I speak even since I was born 50 something years ago. I'm not saying that you have to change the way you speak, but I'm saying that for us to take charge, we may take a step back, slow down, say it clear, let there be clarity. Listen attentively. Ask questions. I've forgotten the word my daughter used yesterday. I had to ask her, what does that mean? Because if I didn't ask her, I would pretend that I know the word when I don't understand what it means. That is what it means to take charge. I realize that taking charge means that I may have to hang out with my colleagues who don't understand the God I serve. But if I stay with them, that through my own actions, they know that there's substance in me and they want to follow me, not me running, running away from them. I don't know if I'm making sense this morning. Because I believe that many times we are busy complaining, murmuring amongst ourselves and out there, those who don't have the God that is bigger than them is taking over. That is why this first service, we said that we have to be like Apple, think different. We have to speak up boldly and possess what God has given unto us. That was our opening prayer this morning. The language of the Babylon, Babylonians meant that they had to communicate effectively. That they had to call it trunk and not the boot. They had to learn to say, where's the bathroom? Not where's the toilet? Because it means different things. It means that they had to drive on the right, not on the left side. Because some of us in the part of the world, they drive on the left side. It means even to me, I have to consciously say, I learned, not I learned. I don't know if I'm communicating this morning. That I have to say, I learned, not I learned. I don't know about you. When I was doing my master's degree, I was in a school. And I would go to my professors, and they would say, how are you? I would say, fine, thank you. I didn't realize I was being set up. And many times, you will have us, people coming in trickles. Oh, Faluki, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. Faluki, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. It took me months to realize that it was strange to them. Am I, sense, am I communicating? It was strange to them. Many times, they go, hey, that's their own way of saying good morning. There's nothing wrong in that. Hey, that's part of understanding culture around us, the language of the Babylonians. It doesn't mean that they will change your belief system. It just means that for me to take charge, for me to penetrate, let me understand what is in their head. So by the time I understand it, I can turn it around for them. I can now make an impact in their lives. Praise the Lord. Daniel was much younger when he went there. I'm sure initially he was disturbed and he wondered, God, why would you allow this to happen to me? I'm sure he wondered, why would the pagan country win a war over a Christian nation? 
And many times we as Christians, we are wondering, why am I suffering? Why can't I too be in that position? And you have prayed, you are bound, you have fasted. The mandate is that for you to take charge. But for you and I to take charge, what do we need to do? We also need to learn. We need to understand. We need to ask questions. And in that book of Daniel, many times we talk about King Nebuchadnezzar. There was a man that we kind of do not understand what his role was in that scripture, which allowed Daniel to take charge. I pray this morning that the Almighty God will send you an Ashpenaz. That name, I can barely even pronounce it, but it is called Ashpenaz. When King Nebuchadnezzar picked out one of the eunuchs called Ashpenaz and gave that man the instruction of what he had to do to those young men, Ashpenaz was like a mentor. Ashpenaz was somebody who had gone ahead of Daniel. Ashpenaz was somebody who could tell him the steps he had to take for him to take charge. And Daniel, for all you care, he would have prayed before he even went to Ashpenaz for his training. But Ashpenaz was there and Daniel made sure that he connected with Ashpenaz and he learned what he, never, what he had to learn. After chapter 1 of the book of Daniel, I did not hear of Ashpenaz again. It was more of Daniel and co. So the mentor will come. You will learn from the mentor. You will learn from the environment because the almighty God is taking you places. And I pray that as you plan to take charge, God himself will order your steps and show you who your Ashpenaz is that will teach you and lead you in this journey that we have come to do in the name of Jesus. I'm sure those Hebrew boys that were together, they had other friends that were with them. Otherwise, there was no way they would have come to report that they were still praying when they ought not to pray. And those Hebrew boys, I mean, those friends that they made must have been very daring. They thought, let's see, let's see what's going to happen. By the time that they were done, even the king decided to follow Daniel. That is what it means to take charge. So while you are busy trying to say, I don't want to be a part of this, the pagans, the Muslims, they're taking over. Like I said um, in the class yesterday, that the Muslims, they will come into this church. They will watch all of us, see what they are doing. It does not mean that they want to become Christians. It just means that they want to pick and learn and see what they can take from us. Last year, I went back to my country before I came here. And I was amazed at what I saw. When we are busy in here, they are taking over. I never heard of the Muslim having night vigils. Now, because they realized that we're winning souls for Christ, they too got up. And now they are actually having their own night vigils. And we are busy complaining that we cannot have night vigils. Because we got it mixed up. Now you go out there. I never knew they used to evangelize. But now they are evangelizing. What are we taking charge of? Hello? What are we taking charge of? Rather, we whine, 
we complain, we backbite, and others are out there doing what they have been called to do. Bible records that God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. I want to let you know that that same God has also equipped you too with knowledge, with skill, and the wisdom that you need. And the kind of wisdom that he gave to Daniel is what he has given to you and I. What is that kind of wisdom? It's godly wisdom that, that solves problems. Because Daniel was solving problems. Daniel was able to interpret dreams. He didn't have to go and consult a medium. But the Spirit of God was upon him. And when he spoke, he spoke from God. That was his own oracle. That was his own medium. And they knew that what he was speaking was from a different God. And they were now curious. They wanted to find out who is this God. Taking charge is about making an impact wherever you are. Pastor said last week that he's hoping that we can be on the board of this condominium association. It doesn't have to be pastor that will do it. There's somebody here who has the knowledge, who has the skills, who can say, that is my own assignment. Let me go out there and represent the body of Christ. That is what it means to take charge. Your children are in school. They are being taught different things. You come home, you get on the phone and discuss with your friends. Taking charge is going to find out how I can be part of the board of the PTA. But many times, we sit back and we say what they're not doing well, right? What are you doing right to? Your children come back. They say things that they ought not to say. Have you found out where they learned it? And if they are saying the wrong thing, are we taking time to teach them the right thing? For me, that's what it means to take charge. It means I need to get up from my comfort zone and step out boldly and do what God has called me to do. And as I prepared this again, uh, okay, something just came to my mind now. Moses grew up in Egypt in the palace, but he did not allow the Egyptian method to get him carried away. He knew, or without even realizing it, he was on an assignment for the Almighty God. All of us, there's an assignment that God has given to us. I don't know why Pastor gave us the topic, but that is the way it's been ministered to me. Another way I can bring this home, Pastor Gloria can bear me witness to this. I remember when a parish of the redeemed Christianity of God a long time ago. And I don't know why this came back to me when I say a long time ago. I'm talking about maybe 25 years ago. When the pastor said that for the workers' groups, we're going to have different names for the workers' groups. And the first set, he called them the pioneers. Because he saw them that they were about to start tilling the land, to start something different, something new. I didn't understand then that it was prophetic. But it took God to bring it back for me. He called some the Joshua generation. He said because they are the ones with the great faith. There were people that knew what the purpose was for them to do. That they were the ones 
that made it to the promised land. And that was what it meant. And when he said those things then, it didn't make too much sense. He called some the frontline workers. My husband was a frontline worker then. He said they were called to be frontline managers in their offices. That when they get in there, they were not supposed to just sit in and be a part of it. They were out there to take over, to take charge of what they were supposed to do. We didn't realize that he was speaking prophetically into our lives, what it meant to take, to take charge. I was a reformer worker. He said to us then that things were not looking right. We should go out there and take over the social reformation around us. I don't know how many of you have heard of Haggai is a bank. That was when it started. That was when we started schools. Because it meant that you had to do things differently and stop complaining. Then we had government workers at that time too. He said it was time for us to get involved in the government. He was preparing us. And we were acting then. My father once called my husband and I and asked us if all was well with us. Because we were acting strange. We didn't understand then either. That he had actually called us of blessed memory. He asked us if there was any issue at work, if there was any issue, because we were young then, but we had no idea. I know when I was asking God that what is happening, by the grace of God, those who were taught then to take charge are all over the place now, affecting, making impact in their own environment. The ambassador to, the, to Canada was a government worker. The vice president of that country was a government worker. The people that are heading the banks now, they were all frontline managers because they were empowered to take charge. How are you taking charge? That's my question for you this morning. How are you taking charge? And where are you taking charge? We have been praying. God has answered us. But he's waiting for you and I to step out boldly and do things differently. Are you ready? Rise unto your feet, please. Rise on your feet and ask the Almighty God. That you have been equipped, oh, there's no doubt about that. The wisdom, the knowledge, the skills that you need is in you, is in me. What is holding you back? Bible says, What is man that I'll be afraid of man? What would they say to you? If you don't even know how to do it, why not ask God to bring an ashpenas that will put you through in your, into your life? To bring that person your way. Why not ask God to have mercy and forgive you and I of all the complaining? Because he has given it to us on a platter of gold. But we have refused to act on what God has given to us. Why not speak to the Almighty God this morning? We are more than able to take the mountain. We are more than able to take the nations. We are more than able to take, to take over the healthcare, the, the oil industry, the food business. We have all the skills in us. And let us stop complaining. Daniel left a prisoner handcuffed out of his nation into a pagan nation and God made a way for him. That same God is in this place. That same God has equipped you if only you open your heart 
and receive instructions from him and walk with the mandate that has been given to you. Ask him to help you this morning. He is the helper of the helpless. It doesn't matter what degree you hold. Whether you had a four-year college, a two-year college. What you need is in your hand. Just ask him to help you to think differently and just step out boldly and speak up. As you ask him today, he himself will give you fresh ideas. He will equip you. And what occurred to me now, many stores are closing down because God wants to make a room for you. Kemi, your clothing business, you better go and look at them, start your own, your own line now. You walk in the store, you don't see what you like there. We see our kids are half naked. Why can't you to think of the design that will cover them up and stop whining about it? The school system is messed up. How many of you want to come together and start a school? Many schools that were good or are still good are owned by Christians. What have you done for the Lord? What have you done in your community? Let us wake up and stop complaining. We cannot take charge by just criticizing what is being done. We have to act. That's what we are called to do. And I pray the Almighty God will empower us afresh and show us which way to go. I pray that as we sleep tonight, it will reveal to you, reveal to me where we ought to be and what steps that we need to take in the name of Jesus. And the parents here, I challenge you to go and find out how you can go on the PTA board of your school or just even get involved and understand how things are being done. You'll be amazed that they're waiting to hear from you. And the Almighty God will grant unto you the wisdom, the grace, all that you need to do what he has called you and I to do. And so shall it be for you in Jesus' name. And perhaps you are here this morning. You are still struggling, trying to understand why you need to take charge. But you don't know the God that I know or that we know. It may be more difficult for you. It may be more challenging for you. But if only you can ask that Father, I want to know you too. He will listen to you. And one thing I know is when you are even new in the Lord, He reveals things to you fresh. If you are here this morning, I don't know my God, just wave to me. And because you want to know Him too. You want to be one of His own children. You are here this morning. Hallelujah. And those of us who know Him, Let's ask him that as we go out this week, Father, come and help me. Help me. Ask God to help you. Ask God to help you. He will help you. He will help you. He will teach you which way to go. Heavenly Father, as your children, taking charge, having dominion, reigning, that is what you ask us to do. All that we need to do this, we pray that you will give to us in the name of Jesus. We'll come back fourth Sunday of this morning of this month to testify of the steps that we have taken and how you have been our helper. We bless you, Father, for we pray just precious name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.